It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Podcast special, Coronavirus, an historic response to a deadly pestilence. Psalm 91, whoever dwells in the shadow of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will take refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Deadly pestilences, sicknesses, illnesses, and diseases have been around since the fall of man. It's not a new thing. In this episode, we take a break from our story and cover the pestilence of COVID-19, or coronavirus, which has struck at the peace of this world. In this episode, we take a break from our story and cover the pestilence of COVID-19, or coronavirus, which has struck at the peace of this world, and we give a Christian historical perspective and response. In December 2019, a pneumonia outbreak was reported in central China, and by the end of the year, the outbreak was identified as a strain of coronavirus. China, which suffered from the bird bird flu and other outbreaks in the past, were quick to quarantine entire cities, but not until over 80,000 people were impacted and at least 3,000 have died. The outbreak continues today, hitting Europe in a major way with its open borders. Italy has potentially suffered more deaths than China as well as Spain. An entire cruise ship off the coast of Japan was not allowed to enter port. Nearly the entire ship was impacted, and I had a friend with a family member on a cruise ship in the Baltic, far from um, any coronavirus that we know of. Though no cases were on the cruise ship, it parked and forced passengers to get home another way. I live in Seattle, and it was one of the first cities in the U.S. to be impacted. And within weeks after a few nursing homes were impacted and an Amazon employee was tested as positive, the city started to shut down. Overall, the quarantine has made a huge difference. Now only essential businesses are allowed to be open. Deaths worldwide are nearly 34,000. And that's as of today on March 29th. And its spread is truly scary. And as scary as it is, I want to give everyone a perspective. Uh, There are are more cases, and it's a very horrible thing. And I don't want to minimize, but perspective is important. So as a student of history, here is a modern and historical perspective. Though it is unprecedented time in our generation, uh, diseases and illnesses are not a new thing. Uh, A modern perspective, the flu is sometimes called the silent killer. And this is just the normal flu. And it strikes at those who have weakened immune systems, especially the elderly. 
very similar to COVID-19. The CDC states that 36,000 Americans die a year from the flu, potentially 500,000 worldwide. The coronavirus has killed 2,500 people in the United States to date. To, to date, the COVID-19 outbreak doesn't even compare to standard flu deaths annually. Though our advanced civilization doesn't really understand global pandemics, global epidemics fill the history books. A recent plague in our podcast in Athens took over 100,000 Athenian lives, leading to one of the causes of the end of the Peloponnesian War. A smallpox epidemic ravaged the Native American population starting in the 1500s and killed at least 1.5 million people. There is the Asian flu of the 1850s and the cholera epidemic. There was a Roman plague in the time of Justinian, um, which historians give crazy numbers of 25 to 100 million people. That, that's obviously in dispute by many others who have studied the, uh, the time frame. Um, HIV and AIDS have taken the life of 25 million people. The Spanish flu took the lives of between 50 and 100 million starting in 1918, and the Black Death impacted mostly Europe, taking the lives of one-third of its population, around 75 million people. The accounts of these times are terrifying, and in many cases, people died faster than they could be buried. Many of them occurred during the ages of great conflicts. The Spanish flu added and multiplied the death toll caused by World War I, a great age of tragedy. Never to downplay safety measures to be taken. The COVID-19 virus is a real thing, and we should be careful and prayerful. But we have to remember, too, it doesn't even compare to the examples of death tolls just covered. So how should we think and act in this time? Um, just as there's a lot to do practically, there's even more to do spiritually. I asked a friend how he was doing the other day, and this was his response. I'm periodically filled with extreme anxiety punctuated by moments of extreme peace. Isn't that interesting? Anxiety is caused by fear of horrible news, disaster, and worst-case scenario thinking. Just watch the news, and if you watch enough of it, you'll be feel filled with fear and confusion because no one seems to agree even on the facts. Today's media covers the event and fear sells. And let's never forget this. They spread news and most of it's bad. You are what you eat. Be careful what you consume or it will consume you. Be wise and take in what you know is truth. Learn what needs to be known to be safe, but don't get sucked into the fear of disaster and death that is out there. Be wise. Be careful not to dwell upon the things that hurt the heart. Here's what the Bible says about your thought life. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Even consider the last thing you took into your mind at night. This is what your mind will want to process when you sleep. Consider your dreams. If the last thing you read before bed is the death toll or some scary article before you went to bed, that will impact your sleep. What would happen if you read the Bible or prayed before bed? The inverse is true. Start your day off right and see what happens. Don't turn the news on first. Some common sense, right? It's easy to forget these things. Trust me, I know. The definition of fear is the following. An unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. 
I totally forgot who said this first, but fear is an acronym for false evidence appearing real. Don't live in that place. It's not good for you. Fear has been around for a long time. Timothy in the Bible suffered from it. Paul instructed him how to handle it. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. My wife had experienced the other night. She woke up in the middle of the night with extreme anxiety and uneasiness and irrational fear. She didn't go to bed with this fear, and it wasn't natural for her. She prayed until it went away, and she went back to sleep and woke up peaceful. Isn't that interesting? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. It's impossible to have the power of the Holy Spirit, love like Jesus, and a sound mind if fear is present. Fear and anxiety doesn't have to be your default. God has given you his power to overcome any fear. Renewing your mind is key to keeping your mind at peace. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In this time where we're all quarantined, it's one of those times where we should examine ourselves, should re-examine ourselves and our hearts and where we are and uh, what our strongholds are. What do we put too much faith in? Where do we spend our time? Where do we spend our money? Imagine the, the world now and its economic system. Strongholds are just being teared down. So many things that people took for granted are, are in question. And the truth is that uh, the only thing that is the unshakable rock, that's Jesus. And in this time, what are you doing to help others? How are you reaching out to those in need? Are you praying for them? Are you contacting family members? Um, are you loving on your friends who are hurting? Our president had called a national day of prayer against COVID-19, and many across the nation joined him. This virus is not of God's origin, and it needs to be taken care of. John 10.10 10. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, and I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. As Christians, our responsibility is to trust in God and care for others. It's an interesting moment where we are recommended to stay home with our families, but we actually have these opportunities too to invest in people like none other before because suddenly people have time on their calendars. Um, there's uh, People are having meetings and FaceTimes, and there's a, a connection with people that w people are having, though they're not face-to-face, and the doors are opening for people to um, ask questions of how can you have peace in this hour? How can you um, be strong when so much is falling out, falling down around you? And this is the moment for intercessors to shine. And I love these scriptures when it comes to prayer. Number 1648, Aaron stood between the living and the dead, and the plague stopped. Ezekiel 2230, and I sought for a man among them, and that they should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, 
that I should not destroy it. In 1527, when the bubonic plague hit Wittenberg, Martin Luther refused to leave his city. He would say, We die at our post. Christian doctors cannot abandon their hospitals. Christian governors cannot flee their districts. Christian pastors cannot abandon their congregations. The plague does not dissolve our duties. It turns them to crosses on which we should be prepared to die. He would go on to write, We are here alone with the deacons, but Christ is present too, that we may not be alone, and he will triumph in us over that old serpent, murderer, and author of sin. However much he may bruise Christ's heel, pray for us. Martin Luther would stay in Wittenberg, though it cost him his daughter, Elizabeth's life, and many Christians would stand in the gap and care for those in need. Other stories from history, Charles Spurgeon, when he was only 20 years old at his original church, he would tell of this man. He tells a story of a visiting dying man who had previously opposed him. That man in his lifetime had been wont to jeer at me in strong language. He had often denounced me as a hypocrite, yet he was no sooner smitten by the darts of death than he sought my presence and counsel no doubt feeling in his heart that I was a servant of God, though he did not care to own it on his lips. This was during the cholera epidemic in London in the 1850s. And those are just a couple stories in history. There's a current one as well. An atheist doctor in Italy, Dr. Julian Urban, he was caring for the patient's many of his patients with COVID-19. He was serving in Lombardy, Italy. He said, Never in my darkest nightmares did I imagine what I would see and experience what has been going on in Italy in in our hospital in the last three weeks. The nightmare flows and the rivers get bigger and bigger. However, in the midst of the unlikely situation, some doctors have come to know God. Dr. Julian narrated, Until two weeks ago, my colleagues and I were atheists, and it was normal because we were doctors. We are doctors. We learned that science excludes the presence of God. He testified how he mocked his parents going to church in the past until he met a certain man. And nine days ago, a 75-year-old pastor was admitted into the hospital. He was a kind man. He had serious breathing problems. He had a Bible with him and impressed us how he read to the dying as he held their hand. We doctors were all tired, discouraged, psychologically and physically finished. And when he had time, we listened to him. We have reached our limits, and we can do no more. People are dying every day. We are exhausted. We have two colleagues who have died and others who have been infected. Then he and his colleagues realized we need to start asking God for help. He testified, when we talk to each other, we cannot believe that though we are once fierce atheists, we are now daily in search of peace, asking the Lord to help us continue so that we can take care of the sick. Dr. Julian later on disclosed that the 75-year-old pastor died. Despite having had over 120 deaths here in three weeks, we were not destroyed. He, the pastor, had managed, despite his condition our difficulties, to bring us peace that we no longer had hope to find. The testimony of Julian Urban 
concludes with, Moreover, the former atheist claims, I am happy to have returned with God while I am surrounded by the suffering and death of my fellow men. All of these testimonies speak to God working in the midst of all of this chaos and all of these plagues and all of these pestilences and him using his people. In a little over a week, Passover is coming. And in the original Passover, God told the Israelites through Moses that the angel of death was coming and that they needed to cover the doorpost of their homes with the blood of the lamb. And that angel will pass over their homes. And that's something we're going to pray. And we're going to pray that um, the blood of the lamb covers our doorpost. And it covers the homes of all the listeners out there. And all of those who believe that, that the blood of the lamb covers our, the doorpost of our heart. The doorpost of our homes. The doorpost over our families. Jesus, we just come to the, you in this hour and this challenging time. Um, and I just pray over myself, my family, um, extended family, um, over the listeners out there, uh, that your hand of protection is over us. And we just pray Psalms 91. We just declare, surely you will save us from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. The pestilence that stalks in the darkness or the plague that destroys at midday, it will not come near us. Jesus, we just pray that you cover us and you protect us, and that our thought life is not consumed by fear, but our thought life is consumed by your thoughts over us. God, that we have thankful hearts of all that you have blessed us with, and you covered us with, and that you showed us your way and your salvation, Lord. God, we just pray that None of us are consumed by fear, and instead we have the power of your Holy Spirit and your love and your sound mind. Renew us, transform us, renew our minds to think like you, Jesus. Give us the mind of Christ every day. And we just pray, Lord, for the first responders out there, that the, those who are on the front lines, those who are risking their lives every day, God, that you give them strength and you cover them, and that your hand is on them, that 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 blood of the lamb is over them and their hearts and that no disease or pestilence can get anywhere near them and god waken us in the night waken us waken our hearts when it's time to pray for someone like aaron when he stood between the living and the dead that you may put upon our hearts to pray for those in need god and finally jesus we just pray as passover approaches god that that you have that blood of the land that covers our hearts always. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to visit the webpage, share the Facebook page, or if you want to chat, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.